It's quite amazing. It's amazing. Ask not what your cosplays can do for you. Welcome back to the Haas Boys Show. Coming at you. I am your host, Max, and I got my buddy, Mike. Hey, yo. And today we are talking about Formula One. Yeah. We do that every week. I mean, yeah. And we're talking about Haas. <laughs> yeah. We do that every week. We also do that every week. Because <laughs> we like Haas. We're predictable. And we like Formula One. Yeah. And if you're new to the sport, we like you too. <laughs> Totally. Because we're trying to bring more people to the Haas fandom, to the Haas family, so they can all gather around the Gunter and hear his stories, his tales of the racetrack. As he speaks from his porch. He would be a fun grandpa to have. Yeah, I could picture that. (laughs) I could picture that. Just a wild, kind of slightly unhinged, but kind grandpa. I definitely think that unhinged is all I can picture. Yeah, I would love that. And he would have a lot of things that you weren't allowed to touch. I mean, he's textbook grandpa, actually. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when you go to your grandparents' house. Mm-hmm. I've always wondered that. Why do grandparents basically plan on never being visited by their grandchildren? What are you talking about? I feel like, I feel like as long <laughs> Did as Did your I've, grandparents hide from you? No, but they always had things that were like, look like a toy. Okay, yeah, I get you. But you weren't allowed to touch. My grandparents had an entire room that none of the kids were allowed in. And it was the sitting room filled with <laughs> glass furniture. I'm not even joking. Yeah. You know, like that 60s furniture that's just all glass? Yeah. The kids couldn't go in there. Yeah. And I don't remember ever seeing anyone ever go in there. Right. I don't know what they used it for. But, it's just a pretty room. But that's what that's my point. You think Gunter would have that room? He would. I he don't would, think so. There would be a room of, but it would be Formula One things, I'm sure. Okay, yeah. He'd have all his memorabilia. Yeah. Trophies or parts of cars and things that would just be breakable or whatever dangerous yeah you don't want a kid smashing his temple into a side pod mm-hmm. he's got lots of side pods in there <laughs> in his office and from one cars are brittle so it'd break yeah other than that i can see him throwing you on like a cart and whipping you around the neighborhood which would also be fun yeah and very cool yeah he'd be a- and it would also be very like all the neighbors hate him which doesn't is great. he take his daughter on a jet ski in the tv show in in the t- in the in, in that the, in the in news, TV show in the that they got season of the TV show that they got, <laughs> I think so. Does he? Yeah, I think he does. Yeah, he seems cool. Yeah, he's he's a cool grandpa. Um, he's probably he, a long way from that because his daughter isn't very old. But he def yeah, but he definitely has a closet that he doesn't want anyone to go into. Totally it's full of skeletons, full of Roman Grosjean. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's dark. Anyway, moving on, Mike, you said you might have something you want to discuss with me yeah well i was thinking about this before we get into news yes this is kind of an intro idea but i was talking today with my dad Mm -hmm. when i was on the phone with him i brought up to him that did you know that formula one used to be on the bbc network before it was on sky no because i didn't watch it before or anything right but it was on bbc but it was on bbc and while it was on BBC, there's a very fun little thing that BBC can do that almost no other network can. Okay. And it's because it's government owned. It's owned by the Queen. Okay. They can use any song they want. Oh, okay. I think I somehow knew that. 
Well, and if you're a Top Gear I was fan, say, not because of Formula One, because of Top Gear. Yeah, Top Gear always had the Rolling Stones or Pink Floyd, the coolest or songs, whatever they wanted yeah. for segments uh-huh. because they were a BBC show. That's a fun loophole. Very fun loophole, and BBC is very powerful from that loophole. <laughs> <laughs> but because of that little loophole, yeah, Formula One used for their intro song for years before yeah. they developed the orchestral piece that we now know. Oh, okay, yeah, they used. The Chain by Fleetwood Mac. Really? And it... And that was the intro. That's a pretty epic intro. It was. It was a a great intro. I want to find footage of this. Yeah, so YouTube it and watch it because it's awesome. Tempted to show you now. Uh Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, let's go ahead. I'll just show you really fast. Yeah. It would be fun to just take the current Formula One intro footage and paste on that Fleetwood Mac song. People do. Oh, I've yeah. seen it. It's like gone around Reddit a couple times. So, All right. We're looking at the, we're watching this. Here's a 2009. This is a pretty scary intro. They're really putting in you the fear of these cars. Dang. Freaking dope, right? So dope. <laughs> this is rad. This is legitimately what they did? This is the old intro for Formula One. Way better than the boy band thing they got going on right now. Where George Russell's posing between <laughs> light panels. Yeah, this is so rad. Oh, good song choice. Up until what year did they do this? Up until it sold to Liberty Media, because then it went to Sky. Wow. Oh, man. It does not get you so no, jazzed so to watch a race. Up. I am so pumped now. Oh, wow. Epic. So good. Dang. So rad. One of the best things they did in that era, uh-huh. which is un- unfortunate that it is no longer, but was just so cool, was use a song, like a recognizable uh-huh. s- epic rock song yeah. to intro the, sh- the, the race each week. Yeah. So let's say that in a strange turn of events, BBC takes over uh-huh. and we get to have any song that we want mm-hmm. as the Formula One intro. Yeah. What song do you choose? This is the formula by Will I Am. <laughs> I knew it before you answered the question, asked it. I knew it before you asked the question. Well, that's what brought up the idea was that we were talking about this is the formula and how terrible it was. And I was like, how that would never be accepted uh, by Formula One as an yeah. official anything. Yeah. Because it's trash. So, any, so if so, I can pick any song and I want and throw it over the intro. Um, off the top of my head, I'm thinking Power by Kanye West. Oh, okay. That's just a fun hype up song. Totally. It's newer, so I'm just thinking like what has existed since, since Fleetwood, Fleetwood Mac. Mac. Yeah, totally. And I think it's just been Kanye West. <laughs> it's it. Fleetwood Mac <laughs> broke up. Right. We had two decades of <laughs> waiting for Kanye West. Right. And then Huey finally made music. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But given that maybe in some circles he's not as accepted anymore. What what has he done? <laughs> Name one <laughs> thing that he's done. I'll, I'll even make it easier. This year. <laughs> that people would be iffy about. That people would feel uneasy. Like, mm. Okay, so we'll put him aside. Okay, I, I, I have a song. Okay. It is, it is more obscure. It is not like a known artist. Okay. But it is by an artist named Oliver. Okay. He is EDM. Okay. And he has a song called Automatic. And 
probably would be an epic. Would be rad. epic. Yeah. Okay. So that's your obscure one. So you've yeah. got a. You've got. I'll, a, I'll give you an obscure one and then a, a one that people wouldn't know. But... Okay. Good. Okay. You can play the real one or whatever you want, but I'll just play this so you can feel the. This is two minutes into the song, by the way. It's been nothing but building to this moment. This is one of those like. Just drop the beat songs. <laughs> and the cars are screaming around the corner. Oh yeah. And then it has these like little like fills where they take out the music right here. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's yeah. pretty cool. That is a good one. Okay, let me give me two seconds to think of my more popular one. Do you have one while I think? Yeah, I mean, so I think of one that's kind of like I'm gonna admit to something on the podcast that we haven't quite admitted yet, but maybe it's apparent. And yeah. we're we're kind of from the generation of indie kids. Yep. And so I'm I'm guilty of being an indie kid. So there's part of me that says that there's an obvious choice here. Death cap for a cutie. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite, but almost <laughs> almost that ridiculous, but Midnight City by M eighty three. Ooh. That's a solid choice, dude. It seems like that would be yeah. like a low hanging fruit. Everyone would be stoked. Do you have a little sample so you can get hyped yeah. right now? Oh, this is Yeah. You can see the shots of George Russell's face. <laughs> then it's George Russell driving in a car. <laughs> nah, just be all Gunter. Nico. Kevin Magnuson. That one to me seems like it's, it's a great. staple for our era. Yeah. I mean, if I was going to choose something from the past, like maybe Superstar by the Carpenters. Oh, I thought you were going to say All Star <laughs> by Smash Mouth. <laughs> Oh, Justice. I don't know if I'd pick this. But we would. <laughs> we're, just, we're just going indie electro. Is this Gen- EDM right Genesis? Now. Isn't that what yeah, this one's called? Justice. Ooh. Now just imagine Lance Stroll and his face. Ah, <laughs> oh, this is actually a good choice. It's so good. <laughs> so good. Are you kidding me? Yeah, Justice Genesis. Ooh. Good one. I'm thinking. More like Rock Legends, but post Fleetwood Mac. Okay. Okay. So I'm not including a lot of what we would call rock and roll greats. Right. I mean, some of my favorites, Pink Floyd, no, Led Zeppelin's, Beatles. Right. You know, I'm not including all that. So not just, including No, us. I'm not thinking of them right now on okay. purpose. On purpose. Yes. Too obvious. Yeah, too obvious, but maybe something like... Rage. Yeah, dude. I mean, what you showed us was so scary and epic it and was cool. So and rad. I'm just on that level now. This is great. Killing in the name. But I feel like it's <laughs> it's, it's killing gl- it's killing in the name of the FIA. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel I feel like two things. Two things. The most anti-establishment band that ever existed. Yeah, Probably not a great representative of Formula One. Yeah. But also all I see is Gorilla Radio mm-hmm. Tony Hawk Pro Skater intro. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking <laughs> yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, As yeah, I yeah. just see like Chad Muska <laughs> <laughs> doing a foot plant. Yeah, dude. Killing in the name. Just do 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 what they told you. Yeah. And it's just Michael Massey pictures. <laughs> <laughs> do what they told you. It's just Toto saying it's it. It's just too. Toto saying it to Valtteri. <laughs> now you do what they told you. <laughs> and then it's Valtteri as an Australian now. F you, I won't do what you told me. <laughs> He's broken out. I feel like it would also be 
Very wrong of me not to mention Tame Impala. Okay, yeah, that'd be cool. But what song seems Formula One-y from the Tame Impala-y? I feel like Elephant could do it. Oh, yeah, dude. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I've, I saw Tame Live. Yeah. That song. Just rocks. Fetching days. So friggin'. <laughs> He's Australian. So he's foreign. Yeah, it works. I kind of like that. M83 is also a foreign group. Uh-huh. So I like the idea of using somebody that's not a U.S. band a yeah. little. What is it? What is the, the greatest F1 theme song? Is this Barbie Girl? Nope. Surprised. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you believe yeah, in dude. Cher? <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> this is epic, actually. Yeah. Dude, oh, I might have one more. I might have one so more I have my this one's pretty good. Obscure one. Yeah. I have my hard rocking one. <laughs> and then this is my Barbie style one. He can't break through. You're pushing him aside trying to get through the, the pack. It's a DRS train. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when Daniel left. We're just so sad. Vettel. Uh oh man. I mean, I think there's some very good options out there. Okay. Those are great. Thanks, Mike. Those are some fun ones. So our challenge yeah. for this week for our listeners, uh-huh. we want to hear from you. Yeah. What are your epic Formula One intro songs? BBC rules, which is everything. Which is everything. Yeah, what would you pick? But obviously you got to keep it a little bit in like uh-huh. ear-friendly zone. And I'm talking to you, Henry Wallace. I know that I'm going to hear something from Motorhead. <laughs> Yeah. Some Lemmy's going to get snuck uh-huh. in there. And I, I don't yeah. know if I can accept it, but should make we, a suggestion. Should we ask that they keep it within the same parameters that we had? Okay, yeah. Post Fleetwood Mac. For Post? some reason, we went with those rules. Yeah, we, we like Yellow Submarine was ruled out. We couldn't uh-huh. use that one. Yeah, which would have been epic. <laughs> which would have been like, it was almost too perfect. It was almost too perfect. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that that pushes fun. us. That was really fun, actually. I'm glad. Glad we did that exercise. <laughs> Now, talking more into the news. Yes. The rumor reel is going crazy right now. Wild. Yeah. I started and I to haven't hear paid some attention buzz. to it because I wanted to hear it from you, Mike. Well, there was a couple of things that seemed to kind of start making a little bit more noise. Uh-huh. That I'm surprised to hear a little, but also not. Yeah. What? So. The players. The players at the table that are holding the cards. Uh-huh. Red Bull is the center of it. Yeah, there always are. Right? And we talked about this last week that Sergio Perez is having a little bit of a tough time all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. He went from race wins, contending with Max, mm-hmm. yep, looking like a potential threat for the championship. They were like almost tied. To just, who, who's, where is he? Who's Sergio Perez and what happened to car number two? Exactly, yeah. Big surprise to, I think, a lot of us. Uh-huh. With that said, the last time that I remember this happening was Alex Albon and Pierre Gasly. Yeah. And what does Red Bull do when this happens? They just cut them loose. They cut- I should not have eaten some chips. <laughs> Crunch those into could the you, mic. Could you practice <laughs> some self-control while we are recording a podcast? I'm the host of a podcast. I'm eating the crunchiest thing in the world. <laughs> They're jalapeno. They also stink. You said you said Sergio Perez, and I started uh, <laughs> craving some jalapenous pepper cracker chips. <laughs> uh, Sorry to the listeners. I'm back. Okay, I'm Max, focused. Max is back. But last time it happened, 
they cut them loose mid-season. Yeah, like not even let them ride it out. Yeah, they're brutal. Marco is brutal. Yeah, Helmet Marco is a... Literally, he works for the Empire, I and swear. I, and because they don't just want Max to win, they want to destroy everyone else. They need both drivers, one and two, driver championship, constructor Crushing. championship, everything. Well, and as, as far in the lead as they are right now... Yeah, it's not only, enough. Only having one car finish in yeah. the points... Uh-huh. Is detrimental. Yeah. Now Sergio's finishing in the points, but still Mercedes finishing second and third, mm-hmm. or Aston Martin finishing second, second and <laughs> sometimes tenth, second and sometimes sixteenth. <laughs> there, <laughs> yeah. There's there's definitely still a threat at the constructor championship. Yeah, it's still open for grabs. There's, there's some of that is up for debate, but the the reality is is that. Driver number two still plays an important role in even securing the win for driver number one. Mm-hmm. And so not having that option for strategy and a lot of other reasons, even just the f- sheer fact of being able to say, like, we tested yeah. this new f- thing on his car because it was less risky or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, not having those options is brutal. Yeah, And so we know what Red Bull is capable of. So they're at the center of this. And the rumor mill has picked up that potentially there's a replacement opportunity for Sergio Perez. Yeah. What are the options? Well, Yuki Sonoda is a pretty obvious choice. Yeah. One reason being that Honda is desperate for him to get into that seat before they lose Red Bull. Hmm. Because all of this work together as a collaboration to get him into F1 yeah. and get him into the Red Bull seat, mm-hmm. it's a long time coming. Yeah. Honda's weird, though. Yeah, they do, they always want to leave. <laughs> They're a little volatile. Yeah, and they've just signed a contract with Aston Martin. Oh, for the 2026 regulations. Oh, okay. So as Red Bull moves to Ford, <gasps> okay. Ooh, that's Aston wild. Martin will be taking that's a wild. Honda power plant. That's wild. Yes. So in that moment, Yuki Sonoda is kind of he might still race for the team. I don't know. Yeah. But a lot of what has gotten him here has been is Honda. He, uh, is he good though? That's a question. Well, keep, keep and, talking. I don't want to derail you from no, your no. train of thought. So anyway, so he's an option. Yeah, an option. And he's within the team. Yep. And and Honda it has wants him. Got him. Financial backing with the Hondas. With Honda. So option number two in the rumor mill is going to surprise you. It is not Daniel Ricardo, which is already surprising. <laughs> yeah. Nico Hulkenberg. That is wild. Yeah. Why? Why? <laughs> he's well, good, and we need him on our team. Right. The Haas. The Haas. But why? So, let's take this little bit of a track record that we have for this season. Okay. The Haas car is really struggles in the race, mm-hmm. but it's a great qualifying car. Yeah. Where has Nico qualified all year? Yeah, he's doing really good. He has crushed top 10 qualifying results almost at every race. Yeah, he's awesome. He's been very consistent and is out driving that thing. Yeah. Kevin has put in a solid effort and has shown that he is still just as good as ever. Uh-huh. But Nico is showing up yeah. for one lap pace. Yeah. And again, it's like everyone knows that they can blame the car for the race. Yep. But for qualifying, it's one lap. So the one lap magic that Nico has pulled off this year has raised some eyebrows. That's crazy to me because how many races has he won? I know he has a lot of bad luck. He's right. a great driver. I like him. He's a great driver. Right. But how many races had Daniel Ricciardo won in a Red Bull? Right. Why would they overlook him? So here's where I see where their logic is at okay. currently. Nico took years off, came back, 
and has magically been able to pull off these mystifying qualifying efforts in a car that is nowhere near the three cars that he's competing with. Yeah. And Daniel Ricciardo struggled with McLaren last year. Yeah. And it was really his only shot to see if whether or not he could match Lando and equal yeah. equipment, right? Yeah. It's not because Daniel's not a, a multiple race winner, yeah. a threat in the championship, and, and also just a great race car driver. Yeah. It's just that his most recent track record had a horrible car. Yeah. And so a really hard thing to gauge when you've got two people and yeah. one's performing in a car that shouldn't be performing. Yeah. And so I see where they're going with the Nico thing. Okay. Nico only has a one-year deal with Haas. It's very interesting how that might be mouthwatering to a team who wants experience next to Max. Interesting. And then, of course, the other side is that Daniel Ricciardo replaces Nick DeVries at AlphaTauri. At AlphaTauri, which brings Daniel back into the sport and gives him an opportunity to potentially replace Nico, Yuki, yeah. or Perez, given that any of them fail in that opportunity. Yeah, I think it's wild. I think Daniel, I just think very highly of Daniel. I, I do too. And it's just wild to me that they would want to steal from Haas as opposed yeah. to just taking one of their Take own. The guy that's already on the team. <laughs> yeah. That already proved it. And yeah, has, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I, I, interesting, crazy. I hear you. Yeah. But that's sure. not Helmet Marco. Mm. It's the, you're only as good as your last race. And that is Helmet Marco's way. Ooh, okay. And Daniel's last race wasn't great, but yeah. we know he's great. Yeah. So, anyway, so that's. A crazy rumor mill of revolving hot seats. What do you call that? What is that chair game? Revolving hot seat. Musical chairs. Musical chairs. (laughs) Revolving hot seat. (laughs) Hosted by Oprah Winfrey. (laughs) It's a new game show. (laughs) But uh, no, so the revolving musical chair of hot seats is definitely a blaze for the rumor mill. It's silly season. Yeah, um, that's wild. And I, yeah, you know my opinions on that now. But um, I mean, Hulkenberg is good. He is. And it'd be sad to lose him. I hope that doesn't happen. I hope we get to hang on to the Hulk. Yeah. He should be loyal to us. We brought him from the depths. We, re- we made your return. We reached down into the underworld and pulled him from death <laughs> and gave him life in this seat. We gave him And breath. he repays it by joining Helmet Marco in the dark side. We gave him the breath that exists <laughs> in his chest. <laughs> Shouldn't he honor this? <laughs> so, but yeah, I agree. I, I think that, you know, but also it opens the door of mm-hmm. who, who does who does Haas look for at that yeah. point? So it's a very interesting game. I love when I open up Instagram and Reddit and I see these posts, like one of them today was like, Daniel potentially could drive for AlphaTauri. <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah, it's, maybe it's founded in rumors or whatever, but those potentially could words could be put in front of anything. Right. Daniel Ricciardo could potentially be driving for Ferrari at Le Mans next year. <laughs> yeah. It's like there, anything's possible when you put those words in front Daniel of it. Daniel Ricciardo could potentially be cooking at a local cafe near you. <laughs> yeah. Like, because he would uh, never get a seat again. Yeah. You know, it's like you can make up anything. So I think I'm going to make up a lot of fake rumors yeah, to totally. post on the Instagram in the next couple of weeks. Well, and then that's the next piece of news and i know that we both kind of roll our eyes at this okay but today it was announced that ryan reynolds and company that's right bought into some equity at alpine Mm -hmm. formula one yeah at some point i'm a ryan reynolds fan right and then at another point i'm like can you stop buying up everything i like yeah would you just stay in your lane you're hot funny guy you have a beautiful wife and family (laughs) yeah 
You're a billionaire because you lucked out on a tech gig? Yeah, because you bought a freaking cell phone company. Sexiest man alive with a good sense of humor? Yeah. We Can all, you just stick to your dumb soccer team all, you bought? We all are like glad that you could be the real Ted Lasso. Yeah. Why don't you just... It wasn't enough to just watch the show? Yeah. You had to be Ted You're like, Lasso? like, I want to live it. <laughs> I want to live it. And then it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. You had to buy a Formula One team. Now he's, now he's racing. Ugh. It's just, you know... The dead poople. He's he's joined us. Mm. I didn't I didn't anticipate it. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about it. Uh huh. But Ryan Reynolds is I, like like you said. Yeah. I enjoy his his entertainment. At some point, I'm like I'm it's I'm getting sick of seeing this guy but win. Some space. Some space. He's Mercedes. He is Lewis he of is, life. He is Lewis of life. <laughs> and it's he married Blake Lively. It was like okay, great, you, uh, the world championship. Yeah. Hot, hot go. guy got a wife. Okay. And sells. Mint, Mint mobile. mobile for okay. billions of dollars. Okay, Hawkeye with the wife got a billion Six dollars. World championships. <laughs> He's Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, Deadpool. Yeah, he, you're hilarious. Hawkeye with the wife with a billion dollars also has a sense of humor. Yeah, good for you. All right, cool. So you have all these franchises. You have all these things. <laughs> but you, you gotta go racing now. Yeah, <sighs> it just keeps piling on. Yeah. So yeah, and it just makes it harder for me. To own part of a Formula One team. Right. Imagine this, though. We're going to put it in this bucket for those yeah. of you who might not be understanding what we're coming from. Yeah, these better guys. Where are we yeah, coming from? Yeah, where are we coming from? If Michael Jordan went from winning championships in the NBA okay. to winning World Series in baseball. He, he didn't he? In my brain, he did. I, I no, don't, I'm just joking. He wasn't I, good at baseball. Yeah, he was, <laughs> he was pretty bad. But, like, imagine that an athlete just could just over. switch sports. Uh-huh. And then just dominate in that zone. Yeah. You'd be like, okay, I roll. Mm-hmm. We get it. You're great at everything. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about Ryan yeah. Reynolds right uh-huh. now. I'm like, all right, it's cool that you can do a musical. Yeah. It's cool that you can sell a cell phone company. Uh-huh. It's cool that you have the hottest wife in the world. Yeah. It's whatever. Yeah. Okay, actually, it's not the hottest wife in the world, but she's, she's up there. Mm-hmm. And I have to be careful with what I say. My wife does listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, yeah. I don't know. You're really testing my fandom of Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> yeah, me too. Ryan. Quit testies. Just quit being testies with this water. Exactly. Over here. Yeah. We don't want your testies in our water. Yeah. And and the thing is, like, is the, that, the that Wrexham that? Soccer Club yeah. did win their little regulation thing. Yeah, they were able to, I think they, they were a Premier League team next year, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, they made regu- regulation, whatever Ted Lasso did. Yeah. Literally, it's what Ted Lasso did. It's literally that story. <laughs> It's, it's that embarrassing. It's like you guys couldn't yeah. even come up with your own yeah. story. And if he starts Relegation. making Alpine win, remember how I forgot Esteban Ocon was a driver? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what we're thinking. Yeah. Why are you buying into the French team? It's because Pierre can't. Oh no, Ryan. He, he's like, there's Ryan. I, you're I two see choices. Myself you have Pierre. two choices. It was the Haas team, the right. American team that probably would like a celebrity endorsement, right? Or the Canadian team of the country of which you were born. Right. It doesn't it seem like either of these <laughs> options. You, but he's going to the French-Canadian version of France. I did hear. Yeah. That he is going to. That he made a bid at Haas. Did he? I did hear that. Oh. And that they didn't. Yeah, we don't need his yeah, money. like, screw you. <laughs> Get your own sport. <laughs> so just so you guys know. Gunter playing a little bit door in his face. He's like, you don't know me. <laughs> Get out of get here. Out of, get out of here. <laughs> okay, we have now ranted too long about Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> yeah, we can move on now. <laughs> but uh, but that's interesting. 
Yes. We're too good for Ryan. We're too good for Again, him. Again, another reason to like Haas. Yeah. It is the everyman. Yeah. It is the, the, the plucky, we didn't get some scrappy everyman's team. We didn't get some We don't need hot celebrity endorsements. Yeah. We didn't get some beautiful boy in here. <laughs> we don't need a beautiful boy. We have the the oven, the... <laughs> We have the baseball mitt, handsome good looks of Gunter Steiner. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Leading this team. Yeah, we don't need anything else. What is his accent? We don't know. Yeah, it's Encyclopedia or Wikipedia. Yeah, it's Parker a Wikipedia of different described. countries. Yeah, and we're gonna get a race title. Yes, a race title. We're gonna get on that podium. We're gonna get a. We're gonna get a world and championship. We'll rub at some it point. in Ryan Reynolds' gorgeous face. Yes. Okay. Butthole. Hope hope he hears this. Yeah, Ryan. Come on our show, Ryan. Yeah, we want the type you. of guy. Who would, he, it'd be hilarious. It'd be, he is it'd, really nice to fans. Be a really good guest. Anyway, anyway, Ryan, come on the show. And if, defend if, yourself. If he was on the show, it only costs one hundred thousand dollars to be a guest on the show. It only costs <laughs> a fraction of your mint level cell. If you're looking for a podcast to sponsor, if that's your next venture, you're looking at him. If you need to podcast through to, your ears to beat, uh, uh, what is it, Smartless? Yeah. <laughs> is this your next venture? I think it is. Anyway. <laughs> it's clear to I me. I think it is. It's clear to okay, me. Okay, shifting gears. Damn shifting it. Shifting those <laughs> gears. That got real loud. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> it seemed like you were... Making that go loud on purpose. It's because I want your ears to hurt, Max. Well, shifting gears, coming (laughs) down from our previous rants, I'm like feeling my heart rate slow down a bit and calm down. Max had a Red Bull, so he's feeling feeling rather spiked. But speaking of Red Bull, this week. Yes. The Austrian Grand Prix. Home. Home. Of the Bull. Of the Red Bull. (laughs) Everyone has in the past made comments that, oh, isn't it funny that this energy drink isn't a car manufacturer and they're they have a formula one car yeah and they're racing in formula one but they do not make cars but do you know what this red bull energy drink company has a racetrack a racetrack (laughs) (laughs) and it is the austrian grand prix they also released a car this year so so where are you at mercedes on check where's your racetrack check it before you wreck it yeah there will come a time maybe if ryan reynolds will Give Haas some money. Maybe if Ryan <laughs> can buy our racetrack. Maybe if Ryan Reynolds gave Mercedes some money. <laughs> he has the money. Okay. Well, Haas Austrian Grand Prix this week. Right. And it is known famously on this podcast as the most pretty podcast by you. It, it You keep saying this. Is it Spa? It's Spa. <laughs> it's a different it's one. A Belgian. They're all the same. This is you and Oscar Piastri. <laughs> it is. Last year. Yeah, it is. So, uh, Austrian it is, Grand Prix. It is one of, of my favorites. Austria is a gorgeous place. It is unbelievably We do beautiful. have a lot of listeners in Austria. We do. So, shout out to them. Shout out to we the We hope Austrians. you have a fun week with your race week. I'm sure. It's always great to have a race in your home country. Yes. Um, and so, today, we wanted to kind of go through, real quick, the history of the Austrian Grand Prix. Right. And maybe some highlight... Maybe highlight some fun stories, wild crashes, cool racing moments that happened at that track. Totally. So when you watch this weekend, you can say, oh, that happened at this track. Totally. Okay. Well, mainly the Austrian Grand Prix Uh was acquired by Red Bull in 2013. The 
racetrack was. That's just still wild to me that one of the teams owns a track. (laughs) The Red Bull Ring, Mm -hmm. which is the name of the circuit, which is very cool. Yeah, it is cool. Uh, It has a giant bull sculpture over the track. It does. It's rad. Over the track. It's It's huge. It's huge. Yeah. Previously known as the Österreich Ring, which is basically the Austrian ring. Mm -hmm. Then also went by the A1 ring is something just to kind of simplify that for those who spoke English. When it was briefly owned by A1 sauce. (laughs) Well... When all the winners would spray A1 at each other on the podium. It was before Traegers. Just carbonated A1, spraying champagne bottles. It was it was lit. <laughs> Just barbecue sauce covered drivers. It was a weekend of a lot of smokers and pulled meats. <laughs> and uh, it was a Pure good time. Austrian. Pure Austrian. Um, so Oh, sorry, Austin. That was a different, oh, was a different race. Austin, okay, gotcha. <laughs> Close. <laughs> In okay. 2013, Red Bull bought it. Yeah, how long has it been around? 19. 19- they have been racing 70s? in Austria since 1963. Oh, cool! And they raced at the uh, the Zeltweg mm-hmm. Airfield. I'm mm-hmm. butchering this, by the way. And every year when they race, they do it paying homage to the Van Trapp family. Yeah, running away, and they try and run as fast as the Van Trapps ran away from the Nazis. <laughs> Gotta <take> this. Out. <laughs> the winner would spin on a hilltop. With their trophy and their champagne. The hills are going to be alive with engine sounds, and we're grateful for it. As the, the sound of music this weekend is a Formula One engine. Yes. So they raced at the airfield for uh, five years. Cool. Six years. Uh, or no, excuse me, sorry. Five years. And then uh, switched over to racing at the Red Bull Ring. Uh-huh. So they've been racing at the Red Bull Ring since 1969. Cool. Very cool. They've had a couple of years off, time periods, where they did not race in Austria, Mm -hmm. and it was because of safety concerns. Seems to be like a common thing. Like, there's a very few amount of racetracks that have never left the calendar. Right. All the rest of them seem to have, like, moments where they leave and then come back. Just little pockets of time where they- very interesting. Need a year off, Mm -hmm. uh, or at least just a couple of years to get back up to FIA snuff. Okay, yeah. But I wanted to talk about something that's happened there. It does yield good races in recent times. I think of Alex Albon and Lewis Hamilton coming together. Mm-hmm. And definitely Alex's fault. Uh, <laughs> Lewis and, has never done anything wrong in his life. Never, never. But, you know, it also yields a good race. I really like the racetrack because it does have elevation change. It's pretty and green. I remember also this racetrack, maybe was it last year or two years ago where Charles and Max ran into each other? Did they? On, on, uh, yeah. Okay. I don't remember, but I do remember them crashing into you each other. You have a better memory of tracks and Lewis Hamilton and Nico Rosberg on their heated rivalry at Mercedes. They had a year where they came together and mm. cost Love uh, it. Nico the win. Ooh. But, uh, or at least even just a podium fit finish because his front wing came off. But back in 2002 was mm-hmm. a race that I don't think many people know about. Okay. That was very controversial. I love it. Let's get dig into it. All right. So 2002 was during the era of Michael Schumacher's most dominant period. The Austrian Grand Prix marked a controversial event that sent shockwaves through the culture of Formula One. Cool. Because rules were instated, fines were handed out, big things happened. Now, it's, it was at this point, it was the sixth race of a 17-race season. Okay. And again... Dominant period of Michael Schumacher. Mm-hmm. Four out of the five races that had taken place that season, Michael won. Okay. So, uh, yeah. 
trashing the we competition. We understand that kind of dominance. Right. Is a Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen, dominant period. And Ferrari wants that dominance to return to their team. They do, big time. But they're not going to get it. <laughs> Even though I love them. But in the 2002 Austrian Grand Prix, mm-hmm. Rubens Barrichello, which was teammates with Michael Schumacher, okay. was faster than him all weekend. Just crushing it. Michael could not beat him. He was just faster. Okay. And well. so he he got pole position in qualifying. Okay. And started front row, started first, and dominated the race. Where did Schumacher start? He qualified third behind his brother, Ralph Schumacher, in a Williams. <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> I did. I didn't know he had a brother. Hey, Ralph. <laughs> we'll have to dive into uh, Ralph at some point. Ralph deep dive. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So but Michael- Barrichello is, is noticeably better. Was faster this weekend, and he outqualified Michael Schumacher by six tenths of a second, almost half. A, so more than half a second. Okay, which in Formula One, that's a gargantuan gap. Like okay. he destroyed Michael in that wow. qualifying effort. Wow. So Rubens is faster than Michael that weekend. They have the race. Rubens dominates the race. Mm-hmm. Has led almost every lap, despite you know pit stops and everything. But team orders came over the radio, mm-hmm. and Ferrari asked Rubens to pull over and hand Michael the wins. Yeah, yeah. Rubens didn't want to. I mean, naturally, as a race car driver, you, you don't. You would definitely not want to. Yeah, and especially given that your teammate has won four out of the five races. Y- yeah, that have happened that year. Yeah. And you know that he's destined for a championship title, so... What's the point? What's the point? Yeah, if you're having a great weekend, just keep it up. This is yours. Yes. Take it, your glory moment. Yeah. Yeah. So they ask him to do it. Rubens waits until the final corner of the final lap to slow down and move over, sort of out of protest to Ferrari. To be like, I actually could win this race. I should win this race. It's not even a could. It's I should win this race. Mm. And Michael goes through. Just squeaks by. And wins the race by a tenth of a second. Whoa. So as they get out of the cars, Mm -hmm. park Ferme, go up to the podium, the fans are livid. (laughs) And you know, like at soccer matches when like whistling is like ear piercing, uh-huh. the boos and the the whistles oh. are just out of control oh. and it is uncomfortable. Wow. This un- incredibly embarrassing mm-hmm. podium. And so they're up on the podium and Michael doesn't know what to do. I mean, he's standing on top of a podium that he didn't deserve. But he's happy. Right. But he's <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, oh, it's just a smug Jeremy Clarkson face, right? <laughs> and so- Michael pulls Rubens onto the top step of uh-huh. the podium and okay. hands him the trophy. Yeah. It doesn't that, matter. A gesture. At, at this point, yeah. he's still second place. Yeah, you can't you change the outcome. still took the win away from him mm-hmm. for no reason. Juan Pablo Montoya was the next closest competitor to Michael from Williams at the time. He was okay. racing for Williams, and he was third place in the points. Mm-hmm. And he said in an interview following the race that he was, he's, I, he said, I see no reason to why they would have done that. He's mm. like, I don't get it. Yeah. And I just feel bad for Rubens. Jeez. So it, it's even, more like there's no reason other than Ferrari just needed Schumacher to always be the winner. They just wanted That's Schumacher they, to win. They, he needs to win. That's and it. crazy uncomfortable, right? Yeah. So 
it uh so because this was so bad mm-hmm. and everyone the fans called it bullying at like unnecessary bullying yeah from michael to rubens mm-hmm. that the outcry and the backlash from this event the fia penalized michael for the podium antics a million dollars ferrari got fined a million dollars for what michael did oh you can't have anyone stand on the podium with you yeah how dare you you idiot still that's wild if you steal the win bonkers if you steal the win you just stand on that top step they're just such they just love bullies they are bullies they love just giving people unnecessary penalties yeah so they give them a million or a million dollar fine fine. yeah and then they ban team orders they ban team orders so you from the from the year 2002 yeah to 2011 it was illegal for a team to swap drivers on the track considering it fixing the race how do you monitor that? That is wild. I mean, in my head, I'm just thinking that there are so many circumstances where a driver would want to help another driver to get ahead, to like, like get him in like a toe right. or to defend for someone. We saw that all in like the Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen fight where right. Sergio Perez was just like being wingman to Max. They said the Mexican minister of defense, yeah. right? Like he was, he was the king. Yeah. He, would that count as team orders? It, so the the basically the idea behind team orders is uh-huh. that if you are asked to just move over and let your teammate pass oh, okay blatantly like if you fixing a win pretty which, much which so that's wild like i said in 2011 this rule went away uh-huh so mercedes did this to valtteri all, all the, time. the time that's the whole time you were telling the story i'm thinking i saw this all the time my first couple years watching formula one right where valtteri was be in the lead and then he'd pull he'd go over to the side and lewis would go on through right and I feel like we're seeing it. We've seen it since with Max and Perez. Sergio. I feel yeah, like they've done it bit. at least once with Sergio. Yeah. But then they've shown their true colors when Sergio goes. They'll be like, oh, there's no team orders at Red Bull. And then Sergio uh-huh. wins Monaco and they're like, how dare you? are <laughs> 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 like, what? <laughs> you said there's no team orders. <laughs> yeah, but we didn't mean it. It's implied. Max <laughs> is the son of Christian. <laughs> Not Yas, do you understand? <laughs> so this rule went through a period where it was banned. Wow. The team orders were banned. And the point of it, and the way that they police it, I guess, is just by saying that, look, like the drivers don't want it. Mm-hmm. And if the teams are going to try it, the driver's going to make it obvious so the team gets in trouble. Oh. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Because if, 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 you don't want to lose your podium. No. And so you you would be like you would Rubens it you would pull over yeah, at the last yeah, lap and be like fine yeah, there's your third place blatantly be giving away the podium right to get your team in trouble because right. you hate them and then you're Nelson PK Jr. and you sue Renault and I get in trouble for Crashgate do you remember that yes story? Okay. yeah but that was you know a good example of basically trying to fix a race wow. right which yeah. is illegal so they claimed during that time period that mm-hmm. team orders were fixing races wow it was banned they did allow it again mm-hmm. and we have seen moments where it makes sense mm. you have a teammate behind you that has fresh tires mm-hmm. and he has an opportunity to potentially win the race yeah but you're on a different strategies or whatever it's like okay let your teammate through mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. makes sense yeah and that's kind of where the rule is meant to take place. Yeah. Is that it's like, it should be okay to be like, 
hey, Lewis, your tires are old and George is faster. Uh-huh. Let him through. There's no way you're going to get up into third, but George has a chance. Yeah, so yeah. just like let him through. And then we get more And points. in that case, that makes sense. Uh-huh. But like moving aside for the win, not a good idea. Both of you are first and second. Yeah. There's no like logical reason why this makes sense. Right. Other it, than the fact that you hate one driver and you like the other driver. Yeah, exactly. It's not a good look for the team. Yeah. Again, it sent such a shockwave mm-hmm. that it did. It lasted for a you know, what is that, nine years, almost a decade? Yeah. So a long time. But then the best part of this to me is it's it's so stupid. Mm-hmm. I think it's so stupid, but it's like, oh well, Michael Schumacher, what a guy. Mm-hmm. At the United States Grand Prix that year, which was the Indianapolis road course. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Michael pulled aside to let Rubens win. Yeah. Just because he'd he'd already won the title. Oh. He'd already won the championship. He'd already locked it down. And so he was like, I'm gonna get I'm gonna gift it back. Gotcha. And so Rubens passes Michael, Michael for the win. For the win. And wins by point zero one one of a second. <laughs> Which is the smallest margin of a win in Formula like, One hey, history. How do you measure that? <laughs> that is crazy. It is a hundredth of a second. Wow. And so here's my favorite part of that mm-hmm. is that like Michael almost didn't succeed giving Rubens the win. He's like, he's like, oh, here you go, man. And then like thought differently. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like, maybe not. <laughs> Subconsciously, his foot is pressing into the gas pedal, even though he doesn't know. Yeah, this is, he's I, like, I, I thought I was pressing the brake. I was pretty sure my I was foot parked was not honoring and obeying my mind. I don't know what it was doing. <laughs> Anyways, I find that to be the funniest little factoid out of this. Yeah, that is crazy. Is that it? Almost he almost didn't give him that win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was pretty close, far out. Yeah. So, anyways, the 2002 Austrian Grand Prix was a big shakeup. That's that's wild. Luckily, I feel like we're in a position where that's not going to have to be the case this year. We're talking about Haas, because <laughs> we're <laughs> not necessarily one and two right now. Not necessarily us, but even if Sergio Perez were winning the race, I don't yeah. think that Max would be putting up much of a fight. Right. And I'd be like, all right, let's let him have it. He's uh-huh. had five weeks of terribleness. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Man, that's just wild. A lot of people in the grid, and that's one of the things that I find interesting mm-hmm. too, is that a lot of the drivers who are currently on the grid, mm-hmm. when they get asked what their favorite driver is, they yeah. go, "Oh, Michael Schumacher." Yeah, I grew up a big Michael Schumacher fan, mm-hmm. and I, I just don't relate. Right, I just don't. Yeah, and it's just because Michael, the team, and Michael were known for this kind of thing, mm-hmm. but also that like Michael ran into the side of Damon Hill to try to take him out of the championship. Mm. And he tried it on Jack Villeneuve as well. Like there was a couple of like very intentional moves mm, yeah. to try to get ahead yeah. that were way more blatant than anything Lewis has ever done. <laughs> you know? Way less sneaky. Yeah. Where I'm like, Lewis, this little understeer move into Max mm-hmm. at, at Silverstone. Yeah. Still questionable to me. Uh-huh. But is definitely the most believable questionables mm-hmm. when you compare it to a Michael Schumacher yeah. so blatant about trying Jeez. to take somebody out of a race. What would you think would have happened if this Rubens Barrichello didn't obey team orders? So he had just signed a contract extension with Ferrari mm-hmm. just barely prior to that race. Mm-hmm. And in that contract extension, it's clearly stated that he had to obey team orders or he voided his contract. And so, I mean, your job's on the line, I guess. Literally on the line. Because we've kind of talked about in the past on this podcast, if you go back, listen, or listen for a while, 
that like sometimes we like those guys that disobey the team orders. Right. They're the guys that stand out and they eventually become the best driver. End up being world champion. Yeah. And in this case, would Rubens have stuck it to Michael? Probably not. Yeah. What were his options? Mm. What other team would have taken Rubens and been like, we will make you world champion Mm. if he disobeyed team orders or didn't help Michael win something? And I think that that's part of where that's interesting. Mm, okay. Is lot, that like, it, I think that there is a little bit of playing chess in the sense that like, I do think that Valtteri could have disobeyed more team orders Yeah. during his time with Lewis. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, is that there wasn't even a good opportunity for somewhere else. Okay. That makes sense. That he makes was in sense. the best car. Yeah. Wild. Pretty crazy. Okay. So the Austrian Grand Prix this weekend, mm-hmm. hopefully will not have a team order issue. Yeah. And will also be a very exciting race. Yeah. I mean, we're all we're all hoping that Perez can step it up. Totally. Or just anybody. Yeah, anybody. Let's see a fight for the win. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen for Haas? Actually, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to just say I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm hopeful. I, I want them to continually be fixing this car so that way during the race we're not just kind of slowly losing pace. We qualify well. Right. We mentioned Nico's good at qualifying. The car does really good on these burst one lap sprint kind of things totally get them into some actual racing and we kind of like fall back a little bit yeah so hopefully hopefully it's a better race for us hopefully we have a good race this weekend i you know i think that we have seen these drivers this year i feel like be play it very safe Hmm. uh but i think we're getting to the point in the season where that's gonna start to wear off okay i think a lot of these guys are really starting to feel the pressure for like alpine Mm-hmm. At where you know they were being told that they were amateur from their CEO. Gotcha. And, and so I think that like there's some pressure now. It's building. We're getting close to midway. You got to start to prove some things. Really start to earn some points. And I think those battles are going to heat up. Cool. So I'm looking forward to it. I think as we go into the month of July, we have some really good events that could yield some really good racing. Well, I'm very excited for this weekend's race. Yeah. Um, it'll be a great one. It'll be a good one. Okay. Shifting gears, final little segment. We got a listener question this week. Yo. I love a listener question. Thank you for sending it in. Yes. If you have any questions, please send them in to the Haas Boys. You can Instagram message us or you can email us at dashaasboys at gmail.com. That's the email. Okay. This one comes in. Hello, Haas Boys. Hello. What kind of fuel do F1 cars use? I think I could Google it, but figure I'd waste your time instead of mine. Love the show. Gunter for president, Derek. All right. Well, thanks, Derek, for writing in. And I, we probably talked about this on the show before, but off the top of my head, I can't. <laughs> off the top of my head, I can't remember. The fuel used in F1 cars is fairly similar to ordinary premium petrol. Oh, holy cow. So that means... I could potentially just get one of these hybrid V6 power units, slam it in my car. Stop at Maverick. Stop at the Maverick and fill up on just normal unleaded. That's crazy. I mean, Red Bull does put a little bit of Red Bull in theirs. Mercedes puts a little bit of Monster in theirs. Whichever energy drink sponsor you get, that's what you have to put in your fuel. FIA regulations. It is more so in the range of a 95 octane or somewhere near 102. The last time that somebody was penalized for using a a fuel that didn't pass that was Mika Hakkinen at Spa in 1997 because his mixture came in too high on an octane uh-huh. rating. 
the last time that someone was punished for a fuel regulation, you might remember. Sebastian Vettel. Yes, Mr. Vettel. <laughs> At what, what race? Sebastian had a penalty for not having enough, enough fuel, fuel in his tank to be tested after the Hungarian Grand Prix. And that's how they regulate this is because when you finish a race, you have to have enough fuel in your tank to be sampled by the FIA to confirm that you were not mm-hmm. running an octane that was not to spec. And they need enough because each of the FIA members will get a little shot glass and they'll pour a little bit of the fuel in each one and each of them take a shot. And they, a little sniffy, a little tasty. <laughs> and then they it's determine whether or, not it, <laughs> whether, whether or not it's good. Their what, palates are vintage it is. <laughs> They have a very, mm. very trained this palate. This is a 100 octane. This is a ooh. straight out of the Ferrari. Maybe power 101. Unit. <laughs> this is a 2023 <laughs> Ferrari octane 100, right out of the car from Charles Leclerc. Swish it around in your mouth. <laughs> Spit it back. They took that away from Sebastian. They didn't like his his octane. Yeah, they were his, like, it's not ba- enough. It's a bad year. It's a bad vintage. It's a bad vintage. I guess. Um. Am I thinking correctly in that this would help in the Formula One's kind of mission where we talked about in prior podcast episodes that Formula One has is under is operating under this whole mission where they're testing new technology to one day trickle down into the cars that we drive now. Right. And so maybe because they're all running off unleaded that we're getting similar testing done that will apply to our unleaded fuel as well. Well, and kind of to talk about something we talked about last week with Le Mans, right? With the durability of a race engine that needs to run for 24 hours straight. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the Formula One 1. 1.6 liter V6, mm-hmm. which is tiny, produces a thousand horsepower with a hybrid unit mm. and runs on a regular gas octane <laughs> that we run in our cars. Yeah. It is a very impressive technology and dumbing it down just slightly. Mm-hmm can make it a road-worthy engine and power unit, right? And so that's pretty much the ultimate goal, uh, for sure. And that's definitely F1's mission. So to your point, the fuel, it plays just as much a part of that as any other of the rules Mm. that the FIA put forward for F1. Well, cool. Well, thanks for writing in that question, Derek. Yeah, Derek, thank you. We hope you enjoy the Austrian Grand Prix. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the podcast today. Remember, if you aren't, follow us. We have episodes on every one of the streaming platforms. Please send us a message on either Instagram or Gmail or follow us on Instagram and you'll get heads up when episodes are being released. We try and do them regularly. So we hope you have a good weekend. Enjoy the race. Thank you. See you next week. Name one thing that he's done. I'll I'll even make it easier. This year.